Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and this is the first in the fourth series of Cheshire Matters. I'm Jonathan Starkey, I'm your digital landlord, and I'm going to check to see who's in this evening amongst our regular panellists. Steve Ingram, are you there? Good evening, gentlemen, I am, and hello to all our friends across Cheshire. Mr. Mark Hartley, are you there? The stats man, the man with the voice that keeps the women up late at night. Are you there, sir? Good evening, landlord. I'm here. And Mr. Trevor Nichols, are you there? The gazelle, the man that can move from one side of the couch to the other with such grace. Are you there, sir? Thank you, Jonathan. Hi, I'm certainly here. I've got welcome, Cheshire, and I'd just like to say hello to our Spanish listeners. From Argentina, Chile, Mexico, I'd just like to say, hola. <laughs> but, but every one of those countries speaks Spanish, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah. About, I've been, during lockdown, I've been learning foreign languages. All right, okay. So, I know, um, and is that going to be of any benefit to you? Well, it is if I go to Argentina, Chile, Mexico, or Peru. <laughs> I've only just started, well, but I'm working on it. Can I just tell you, there Sandy is a Jess. massive problem about going on holiday at the moment. So, you know, with all the different things that are actually going on, you know, in the country, you, you know, foreign holidays are banned for a while, I think, from Monday, you know, and with all the other things, Mr. Mr. Tim Davey, the BBC boss, says that the broadcaster's job is not to beat Netflix. Nicola Sturgeon still got problems there. Post office. The prosecution of sub-postmasters is an affront to justice, the court hears. Well, and the big story of the week is the Bristol riots. And that's going to be led by Statsman. Go ahead, Mr. Mark Hartley. Yeah, the killer bill process turned into a bit of a mess, didn't it, on Sunday? We saw the usual left-wing groups fighting with police, smashing the windows of the police station, and setting alight police vans. Yeah. Now, it's all to do with the... uh, Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Bill that's going through Parliament, which is set to tackle highly disruptive protests deemed to be a public disturbance, but potentially it looks like it could actually be used to curtail the right to protest. Now, I'm not a fan of certain aspects of this bill, but as a double whammy, we now appear to have imported the rabid, violent politics of the American radical left. There was around 50, sorry, I'll repeat that again, Around 500 people estimated to be involved in criminality during Sunday's riots, which then continued throughout the week with even more arrests as the police finally cracked down on the rioters. Now, I followed Sunday's events carefully on social media and I was watching the riot and some of the groups that encouraged it. Now, some of the groups that incited violence by pushing this hashtag kill the bill, which to me, it's definitely got a double meaning, hasn't it? Because it's got the bill in it. I mean, that's the police, isn't it? It, it, it's not good. But anyway, I just think this was clearly an excuse to push the violent agenda. And some of these groups were Extinction Rebellion Bristol, Bristol People's Assembly, Momentum. Yes, Momentum. Momentum. I was just about yes. to say, I'm a bit surprised at that. Go mm. ahead. And All Black Lives Bristol. Now, I was on social media and I saw at the time Antifa Bristol were telling people to get down there as it was actually happening. And the day after, Momentum actually made excuses for the riot and was still encouraging people to carry on, in inverted commas, protesting. Did our man Mr. Owen Jones turn up? 
Yeah, I'll come back to him later. Okay, all right. Okay, so so all in all, really not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Not a good thing. Go ahead, no. Steve. I think there's a, a little bit of irony here that the people sort of wanting to make their, their points of, of various issues and wanting the right to protest um, is done in such a way that it's actually putting the right to protest at risk. And I'd just like to bring in the issue that these, these for want of a better phrase, far-left extremists in terms of their, their strategies to make their points, seemingly for the past couple of years have been allowed to run amok across this country, damaging property, defacing war memorials, um, causing the police huge problems across the country, which on occasions has not been helped by the police in effect uh, condoning their activities by kneeling, as we discussed recently, um, and various other things. And I think it's about time that the far left in this country was seriously looked at. Can I bring Trevor in there? Go ahead, Trevor. Sure. Yeah, I just want to say something about this. Do, do, do we not find this odd that we had a peaceful protest the week before um, and that these, these um, well, I tell you, the, the, the ladies that were protesting, we were wrestled to the ground by the... By the police. By the police, yeah. Now, here we have a, a massive violent demonstration and there didn't seem to be that much police action. And all this, again, oddly, was going on as we have this debate for changing the rules. Yeah, I get it. I get did it. Can we, we not find this odd? And there was also a lady that was that was uh, in the debate originally in uh, in uh, Hyde Park, was it? I can't remember where it was now. Uh, for the, you know, there was a, uh, the, the lady with all the newspapers who was wrestled to the ground. And she actually turned up. She was at Bristol yeah. on Sunday night. What's that about? Well, do, uh, let me bring Mark in there because he'll, he'll advise us. Go ahead, Statsman. Yeah, well, none of this is a surprise to me, given the precedent set by Bristol's uh, police chief when he stood down while lefties threw the statue in the water. And he did that, so he didn't hurt the feelings. And also, they've got a far-left mayor who's in favour of these progressive movements and says Britain is institutionally racist. So you can imagine my shock when all the typical postmodernist Marxists made excuses for those that attacked the police, like our friend Owen Jones and others. And there was others who failed to actually condemn the attacks as well. There was Labour MP Nadia Whittam, who I also noticed on her social media has posted support for the three self-proclaimed Marxists that started Black Lives Matter. I want to bring down the the West, so that's interesting. And then we have um, Derbyshire's police chief, chief, sorry, Rachel Swan. (laughs) Yeah, Rachel Swan. She even liked a message which said the violence was inevitable after officials criminalised peaceful protest. Now, again, like Steve said, the left wing are getting away with murder. I mean, just imagine if this was a right-wing protest. Oh, God. Yeah, there would be no doubt about it. I mean, what's getting me about this this is that the people are, the people are entitled to protest. I mean, we had something on the programme last week from Charles Walker, wasn't wasn't that correct, Mark? We did. And this, this is another one of my points. I mean, when are these groups going to get it into the head? It's not the police. Yeah. It's politicians. It's the politicians. It's the policy. Go ahead, Steve. Come on in there. First of all, I'd just like to uh, offer support to the police, actually, in a lot of ways. Um, but I think it's not the police on the front line that are doing this. It comes from the command structure. 
And in my view, there is a serious problem across this country, not just with the police, but with quite a, a wide section of our public services, which increasingly, it's becoming known, have uh, a very far left tendency. And the delivery of public services, including law, is obviously an issue. Um, and a good example of the fact that we seem to have political bias sweeping our public services and, and everything else that's going on. So how can you actually how can you actually correlate that with the fact that a police force chief caused consternation after endorsing a tweet blaming officers for the Bristol riots? And that that lady was Rachel Swan, who leads Derbyshire Police. She liked a tweet blaming officers. Come back on that, Steve. Yeah, sure. I disagree. I I, I don't. You know. I, in any organisation, you can have some officers which, or or some people who are going to sort of uh, run their own mantra at the end of the day. But the, the issue is wider than that. Actually, I think that's a rather sort of uh, that's an easy narrative to um, dish out. Yeah, but that actually... was from the police themselves. I mean, she is she is a police force chief, and she was endorsing a tweet which said that the police were to blame. Yeah, I get the point you're making, but to me, it's an easy cop-out. She was the unintended pun there, but, but in, in essence, it is. And I see that as merely book-passing, to be quite frank. The the endemic culture through our public services and the, the hierarchy in all our public services, especially the police, is quite blatantly now demonstrating a far-left tendency, and that's why we do not have a bias in all our public services and the law in this country. Come on in there, Mark. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm just finding it really frustrating, and it's becoming tiresome at this point. When, when can we just start to deal with serious societal issues in a calm and reasonable manner with facts and debate? Instead, we have these left-wing adult babies throwing the toys out the pram, and it just it just solves nothing. And it causes it causes a problem uh, all around. Mm -hmm. Trevor, do you want to actually have a, a final say on that? Go ahead. Yeah, I just agree totally with Mark. I just don't know what's going on at all. It really needs to be. It's got to be sorted out, and it's definitely political. Okay. Definitely political. It needs to be sorted out. Okay. Well, we're going to move on now to the local issues, and I know that there is a certain man here who knows about things that are going on in Warrington. Sir, go ahead. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, I just want to mention this new link road that's opened. Oh, in Warrington, a new link road. Yeah, Warrington, yeah sorry. It's, How can uh, they afford a new link road? <laughs> well, we've got loads of money. We can just keep borrowing. It doesn't matter. We can afford anything. And it's funny you should say that because I'll come on to that in a minute. Oh, magic money yeah, tree. Road. So I wish we had something something like that in all the different areas in Cheshire. There was such a lot of things that could be done in Ellesmere Port that I would be wanting. But go ahead, sir. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Amazing how we keep getting these things, isn't it? And there's another one in the um, pipeline at the minute. Yeah, and it's a new link road. That's, uh, it runs from Wilson Patton Street for anybody that knows the area, which, which is where the police station is. And it runs right across uh, the old land to the top of Chester Road. Now... The cost of this, this this road was just short of £20 million. Another £20 million project. Now, £9 million of that came from various investments, about three different investors, and that left around £10 million. And that came from, you're going to love this, from council borrowing. Oh, I love that. I love that. The council borrowing. They just just just, just keep putting it on. I mean, £10 million in, in, into £1.6 is not a lot if you look at it like that. Now, this link road has 
built to alleviate traffic from the, the main centre of Warrington around the Bridgeport area, uh, down Chester Road, which is it's great. But, I mean, it's been up for about two weeks, and I've not seen that many cars using it. Okay. So are you saying it's a bit like North Korea? Well, I don't really I mean, let's hope they use it. But um, anyway, I think it'll be used quite well in the future because yesterday they've just announced plans have been approved to build approximately 500 new houses along the route. <laughs> of this oh, there's a coincidence. No, <laughs> the... The roads, it, it takes you roughly two minutes, uh, two and a half minutes to, to cross it. So you're looking at 500 houses uh, where the old, um, like you say, if anybody's local, it's where the old drive time used to be, uh, where the old Thames board used to be. They've knocked all that down and they've run this thingy through. Now, now what's what, what gets me on this as well is that apparently 85% of this road all, already existed because it ran right through to these areas, the old Thames board and... So all they've built on it is 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 a bridge over the Mersey. So again, I'm not quite sure where this twenty million pounds comes from. It must be one day bridge out. <laughs> and I'm amazed they've not put tolls on it. Actually, well, <laughs> you, well don't give I, them the idea. I absolutely I refuse to use the Runcorn Bridge. I will go out of my way not to pay yeah, yeah. anything to go over that bridge. Yep. Uh, can I just add a point to that as well, Jonathan? Is, there's not a lot of people know that. I sound like Michael Caine, not, not a lot of people know this. Well, it's those glasses well, that you're wearing, sir. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought them yesterday. 99 pence, I think, I think it's a baggie. They look really, yeah. really good. What, what a lot of people don't understand that because it's called the Mersey Gateway and it's the Runcorn Bridge, they think all the money goes to the surrounding area. Oh, it, no. I know. No, no. It goes to a yeah. Spanish company, a Spanish-owned company. Spanish company that owns about 200 or, or, or two, it might be 2,000, actually. I can't remember now. It's off the top of my head. Kilometres of uh, tolled roads all around Europe. A quick, a quick story for you. My wife was picking me up from Liverpool Airport, and this was while it was being built or just finished. And she didn't see any of the signs that said it was in operation. So then they actually fined me. I didn't even know that it was on. I got fined for not paying the toll. So I said, okay, that's fine. And afterwards, I had a word with the councillors at the local council to tell them that I think, think that it's terrible what they're doing. You know, encouraging foreign-owned investors to come in and charge on our roads for an investment for however long. And I said, right, I said, you know, because they, they were going to actually charge me quite heavily because I didn't even know that the tolls were in operation. And I said, you can send the Spanish Armada to come and get me, but I'm not going to be paying that. And they accepted my offer to actually to pay what I thought was fair in, under the circumstances. Go ahead, Trevor. Yeah, what happened there, Jonathan, originally is... They didn't advertise it on route. Oh. It's, not, it's not. It's not a barriered toll. It's a. It's a pay online toll. Correct. And they didn't put up the correct information. So lots and lots of people got caught. Got they got yeah. caught by it, and they contested it, and they got their 
they, they got it quashed. Yeah, well, that's what I did. So to all those people and to the Spaniards that are actually, you know, amongst all the other companies uh, taking money out of, out of the public of this country, go away. We've had enough of you. And I'm just making it straight. <laughs> you know? I mean, I think they're nice people. Hola. Hola. Ole. Yeah, that, yeah, they're fine. Just get out of our public money. It's like French-owned companies and the BBC. You just sit back and you just go, why is this government allowing them you know, to actually take money out of our system? We've got three foreign-owned publishers absolutely taking money out of the public system of this country. And it absolutely drives me nuts. And the government don't do anything about it. They just let it go on. And there has to be a reason for that. But anyway, let's get back to Warrington. Sorry, Trevor, I, inter- I, you know, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that was it, just finishing off. And I just want to add a point today. I don't know whether you know that I'm standing for local elections. Oh, what? Up. Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say that, to mention that. Ooh, sure. I'll be sure. Steve, did you know that Trevor is standing in Orford in Warrington? I think I may have heard this one or two hundred times, yes. What about, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Mark? Did you know that... that Trevor is standing in Orford in Warrington. They had a little whisper, yeah. yeah. yeah I thought I'd mentioned it before. Well. And I was out putting out leaflets today uh, because I'm allowed to do that, you see, because I'm doing it individually, you okay. know, before anybody starts complaining because I've, I've actually checked the laws. And so we're talking following all the rules, Trevor, as we know. Yeah, we I know. am following all so the COVID is, rules. It, it, is, it is Trevor Nichols for Orford <laughs> the next the elections. Now, I was walking around the flood areas today, which we've had, we've had a lot of floods in Warrington, and somebody actually pulled me up whilst I was out just leafleting and asked me a question. Well, what can you do as an independent, you know, to, to alleviate these floods? And I just said, well, could I just reverse that question on you? What, what, what's your local council done for the last 30 years to alleviate the floods? Correct. Correct. I just want to make that point because I, th- I think it's quite a serious point that people continually vote Labour they keep voting these councillors in, and they haven't done anything whatsoever. So I think it's quite, uh, quite unfair to, to, to put it on me to, to see what I'm going to do about the floods. So what you're saying is vote Labour, get more debt, and no action. Go ahead, Steve. Exactly. Oh, just going back to a point that was raised by Trevor uh, last week or the week before, with the Warrington Council's huge investments going through offshore mechanisms whilst the town is flooding of course they've got at least that we know of 200 million pounds sitting offshore somewhere so i think the wallington people are getting a very bad deal along with council tax rises and and everything else it makes you wonder what on earth's going on to be quite frank well that's i i thought your name was steve not frank <laughs> it's an expression of phrase. As so, you, so, uh, we can't actually Starkey. term you quite frank, you know, uh, or, you know, because you're not quiet frank either. Okay. So, um, Trevor, have you finished with that subject so we can actually move on? I have with it, yes. And I just want to just add a tiny, tiny note. Um, looking at Liverpool, I think Liverpool's going to be a massive story going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to have to keep our eye on that as well. With the government taking, with, with the potential of the government taking over. Yeah, well, I'm not that I'm liking Liverpool to Warrington, Nicole, whatsoever about dodgy deals. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's very, very, we'll have to keep our eye on that. Yes. Just in case. Just in case. Okay. Well, I mean, just because Warrington's not had the account signed off since 2017 18, yep. I'm not suggesting for one minute 
but it could be anything like Liverpool. Or the EU. Nothing like the EU. So I'm just saying that we, we need to keep our eye on that just to keep people on the toes. Okay. And a final comment on that point from Mark. Go ahead, Mark. Do you think Robert Jenrick might be sending some of his men to Warrington in the future then? Ooh. With flags. Mm. With flags, with British flags, because it's now all the vogue, isn't it, you know, for all these people on Zoom to have British flags. No, Steve. No, we're not going to have, we're not going to have any, (laughs) any patriotism coming in now because we're going to move on. Yes, we are. (laughs) This program is based on patriotism. We're all very proud patriots. And just to add to that little, one final little point on that, Trevor was indeed a Brexiteer. Indeed he was. Indeed he was. Well, we're now going to move to Woke on the Wild Side because it is back. And it is with Statsman. Go ahead, Mark. Okay, plants are racist, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I I know where you're coming from. I read this, I read Mm, this. Yeah, Kew Gardens have apologised for racist plants. How can you have a racist plant? Come on, be honest. They're going to change labels on plants in order to inform visitors how racist they are. (laughs) Yeah, this is a change... God, it's so funny. Yeah, the change is, uh, is part of an effort to move quickly to decolonize collections of flowers. Plants. How can it? How can it? A plant be racist? I don't know, but it's it, it's an actor called Ajay Chabra. He, he's he's got an insight into how sugarcane was linked to slavery. Uh, he's got Indian subcontinent heritage. Yeah, to my knowledge, he rarely talks about the slave trade that went on in the Indian subcontinent, probably because that was done by brown people. But anyway, let's move on. Well, I've never interviewed, I've never interviewed, uh, you know, a sugar cane or a tomato, you know, or anything. The only thing that I know is that we actually, we actually did something many years ago where we did a skit on vegetarians, where we were asking whether or not a tomato screams when you put a knife into it and see. And we put all the sound effects on there. It was Trevor and I. And we put all the sound effects on it. So Trevor was actually cutting up a tomato. And all you could hear were these screams coming out of the tomato. I remember that, yes. <laughs> yes, I remember this. It was top, top journalism, top journalism. It was, it was, you know. And we did, a, we did a thing where we were checking out to see what happens with a tomato, strawberry, carrot. <laughs> and... and I have something to ask. I said, why is a carrot more orange than an orange? (laughs) And I think I've got something to ask about that as well, was when we went to go to cut the, I think it was a grape, the grape said, cut the cucumber first. (laughs) I'm telling you what, what I'm getting at is it's bringing out the worst (laughs) in the vegetables. I know. That's I, I noticed. So vegetarians are going to have a massive problem, I think. All right, um, we're going can to I just, go can on. I just say go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. I'd just like to clarify for our listeners that whilst we do have this you know, woke feature every week, you know, called woke on the wild side, we're not actually supporters or advocates of wokeism. No, you're we quite right. We simply comment on it. So we're not we're not advocates for all of this nonsense in any capacity whatsoever. Just like to remove any potential confusion there. Okay, well, let's move on to the regular feature of the shout-outs or shout-downs. What have we got? Okay, well, let's go with Trevor. Trevor, who is your shout-out or shout-down for this week? 
Yeah, and I've got a shout out this week. So uh, it was an off-duty fireman in Birmingham. I seen it on the news earlier on, and he saved the life of a four-year-old boy from a burning house because he was just passing by chance, and he seen the curtain moving. The house was in quite a state of a blaze, and his his father was trying to to rescue him. But this this policeman, uh, this, uh, sorry, this fireman, he ran in and he seen this curtain twitching, and he smashed the front windows and dragged the boy to safe safety. Okay, and. Yeah, it, it was it was fascinating to watch, and I mean, when you say it's like saying an off-duty fireman, and, and they're never off-duty. They're like policemen, aren't they? They're never off-duty. Oh, you know, ambulance no. people, nurses, doctors—they're never off-duty. No. You know, they're always raised to the occasion. I just want to say that's a massive shout out to that chap. Well done. Okay, well, let's move on to Steve. Who is your shout out or shout down for, Steve? Go ahead. Well, my shout out this week is to. Um, one of our many long-standing traditions. I'm big on tradition at the moment. Here as we you, go. As Here's the Patriot aware. again. Everybody want to start singing? No, no we'll, we'll skip that. It's, uh, basically, <laughs> and we have lots of very significant uh, traditions in this country. Some are small and some are much bigger, etc. And we also have some rather unusual and quirky things that go on. And some of them are quite uh, long-standing and very traditional things. Yeah, like and the actually, creak in I, your chair. <laughs> I'm, not long I'm not getting rid of this chair. We've had that conversation. It's a tradition. It's yeah. Okay. It's a, yeah. Right. Now, one of the things I'd like to ma- mention is a is something we we had a world's first in this country, and I'd like to just sort of acknowledge a, a little tradition we've still got going in this country, and long may it continue to the British Postal Order. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I knew you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm a big fan continue. of the British postal order. You know, and um, I've, I've got a little bit of information for you here on this. I'll just re- uh, read this here. And, uh, this is dedicated to my friend, Mr. Starker here. It's um, History of the Post. I won't go into big detail. It, it stems from uh, 1881, and it was used in the war. It was given uh, credence in the... Uh, in the war to be used as uh, actual tender and everything else. And it, it was originally started for people who, who didn't have bank accounts and things like that. So it's a long-standing tradition. I like all these quirky little things that are going on. So, you know. Your shout-out is for the postal order. Yeah, and if anybody's got a postal order, maybe just put it in a frame and keep it. You know, it's a nice thing to keep. Okay. Right, Mark, what's your shout-out or shout-down for? Well, I was going to do a nice shout out, but something's annoyed me. So it's now a shout down and it's a shout down to the uh, pound shop jihadis protesting outside the school. In oh, Batley, yeah. yeah. In Batley over the cartoon. Now, get a life. Cartoons are acceptable in this country. And if you don't like it, take your intolerable views to a less intolerable country. The and end. apparently those those cartoons have been shown in that school for, for over two years. They need to get a life. Yeah, this, uh, it's just, you know, what, what year are we in? It's now 2021. You know, it's as simple as that. Well, I haven't got a shout out. I haven't got a shout down. So I'm not going to add anything this week. So I'm, the first thing I'm going to do is... I'm going to ring the bell and say, this is it. No, we need to be moving on now. And we're coming now to the end of the program. And we're going to be looking at the quotes. Now, Steve, I'm going to give you one opportunity here do you want music behind your quote or do you <laughs> want to be able to say it without any music 
Well, I'd like music, but before we go to the quotes... No, that's it, that's it. Uh, you were just given an opportunity. You've missed something out. You've missed something out. I've missed nothing. Person of the week. No, who's the person of the week? Oh, re- oh, wait, oh, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. This is another patriotic thing that Steve wants to do. So, what can I say? Let's bring in the music. Go ahead, Steve. I'd just like to give an... Where's the music? The music is in. You can hear it. Go ahead. I'd just like to give a little little acknowledgement to Boris Johnson for supporting uh, a proposal for next year, 2022, Festival UK. It's supposed to be a celebration of everything that's British, our culture, history, traditions, our science, engineering, art, lots of different things as a platform for celebrating everything we are as a country and giving us a global platform to go forward. I think that's fabulous. Okay. Is everybody feeling suitably patriotic, Trevor? I am. Are you feeling suitably yeah. patriotic? Yeah. Mark? Always. <laughs> well... Let's just move things on, and we're going to say, let's... <laughs> you can hear it coming in now. I'm uh, feeling it now, I'm feeling it now. Uh, no, let's just scrub that. <laughs> Gone. Okay, that's it. Your monologue's over, Steve. All right, let's go. Let's go with the quotes. All the positives for the week, Steve. No, I'm going to go with somebody else first. Go ahead, Trevor. What's your what's your um, positive for this week? My quote for the week, my positive for the week is work hard in silence and let your success make the noise. Very I've good. heard that. I, I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Go ahead, Steve. What's yours? Mine is by Zig Ziglar, which I think is a fantastic name, by the way. With integrity, you have nothing to fear. Since you have nothing to hide, with integrity, you will do the right thing, so you will fear no guilt. Have no guilt. Fear no guilt or have no guilt? Have no guilt. Okay, there we go. To apologise for that. Okay. No, you don't have to apologise, Steve. Well, yeah, you do, really. But anyway, (laughs) go ahead. Mark, what's yours? My quote this week is by Malcolm X, and it is this. If you are not careful... The newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. Very, very true. I like that. Okay. Well, no, that's it now. My quote, the usual quote is, thank God that's all over. All right. We're now finished. That's the first in the fourth series. Congratulations, gentlemen. And as always, I am using that term loosely. There we go. Say good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Adios. <laughs> Are okay. we done? You didn't say goodnight to everybody about Cheshire. That's well, it. to be honest with you, it's been a bit... What? Go on. Bit of what? <laughs> he's gone. He's frozen. Absolutely brilliant moments and he's frozen. <laughs> he's <speech>. <laughs> <laughs> he froze and he was speechless. <laughs>